0: Welcome to Gino and Dave's Fantasy Fiber, For each week we discuss current events related to the greatest fantasy football league, the Kodiaks. I'm Dave. And I'm Gino.
1: And you know what? We got five minutes, so we better hurry up.
0: So, oh, Dave, man, <laughs> man.
1: so Dave, this week, um, going into the final week, Championship games, both in the losers and winners bracket. Uh, no real controversy except for the entire year controversy of it's it's the finals, it's the championship. It determines who gets to be the Zacco. It determines who gets to be the Kodiak. And basically, a year of controversy culminates into one weekend of games that are awkwardly placed apart between Saturdays and Sundays and two Monday games. And it's just awkward for everybody. Uh, but we're here and we're ready to rock.
0: I want to throw this out there. This was something we, uh, we talked about earlier in the league, but it, 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 happened. And now it's like, holy crap. Asterix is in the championship game. He may finish the season. He has the possibility more so than he's had the rest of the year to finish a season with an Asterix and a first place victory. How, how is that going to be for him? It's going to be on the trophy, Felder Asterix.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, he might try to put himself up there like he's Pete Rose or something, when really it's more like he's, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, right? Because they cheated to win, Um, you know, and they had to face their, their suspension, they had to face their punishment, but they still have the title. So it's basically asterisk Gate, and it'll be something that everyone remembers about, you know, he cheated to win, and he'll just keep saying hate is gonna hate. So it's just gonna be it's gonna go down like that. Basically, he's he's the Bill Belichick of this league.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't give him that much credit. I'm not sure Eric's that intelligent. I think he did an accident. Uh but what all that matters is that he cheated and he got caught. Thank you, Sir Major Nick.
1: Yeah, I guess the Reaper really started out the whole whole year by just putting in that asterisk on Felder's team you know so he was, he's was he been the Reaper since games even got started
0: yeah so let's jump right into the week's matchups uh we'll burn the consolation bracket real quick and then we'll jump up to the top bracket so let's start the week with curse me outside and hashtag deflated lives matter
1: yeah I mean um I haven't heard from Ryan on the text he hasn't called into the podcast I'm not even sure if he's actually filling his team in or if his team has just been set and they're just winning. Um, but, you know, he beat you. So I guess that's that. We don't have to worry about the controversy of what if he was the Zacco.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that's great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and credit my loss to one uh, snake oil salesman, Gino uh, Salazar, Eugene Salazar, as he's commonly called. Uh, for, you know, I knew better than to trade with a man like him, but I did it, and I ended up with Cameron Brait, and Brait has just failed me week after week.
1: First of all, he got you as many points as Alf did. You're starting running back. So, I mean, I don't know what you're complaining about. Tight ends have been garbage. Cameron Brait might keep you from getting Zacho next week, so you might want to, you know, just hold your horses on that. With Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard being out, Brait's the only outlet he's got because he's not going to go to Mike Evans 30 times.
0: I mean, everybody, everybody in the pregame, in the pre show, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, everybody said he needs to go to Mike Evans 30 times and he's not doing it.
1: Well, that's just for Mike Evans' sake.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, Ryan, I've been, I've been talking about how you let your team go. And the last two weeks, I haven't broke, I haven't broke 200 between the two of them. Last week was the worst week of the season for me. And this week wasn't a whole lot better. So nice job on the win. Uh, Devontae Freeman really closed the closed the book on it for you. We both had some poor play. But between good old Ben, I like to play in December Rapidsburger, and Devontae Freeman, you, uh, you got out of the Zacco. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, disappointing play by guys like A.J. Green. But we can't expect them to be amazing. Roads were going to be closed there against Xavier Roads. Um, you know, Larry Fitz, he's the goat. He's, I, I honestly think that you're looking pretty good for next week. Um, it really depends on what Cam's going to do for Scott, but we'll look at that later.
0: All right, next game, let's talk about Fear the Reaper versus Making America Great.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> just, I mean, I guess these games matter for pride, right? Um. Mark Ingram had an amazing game and that's kind of. Oh, I do want to talk about Tyree Kill, man. How fast is Tyree Kill? Like, all he did, like, it was basically like, if he's ever lined up, like, one on one, it's a track meet and he's never going to lose. And his signature move is that peace sign he gives to the dude he just burned. Like, that's the most ridiculous. Like, I want him on my team next year just to watch him give peace signs over and over again.
0: So your wide receiver core is going to be Juju, Tyreek Hill, and Antonio Brown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> good luck drafting. I remember you got to take Antonio Brown first overall.
1: Oh, at AB eighty four, brother. I'm sorry you got hurt. Um, I'm. I know you're still listening. Uh, we still love you, and you're still my number one pick overall next year.
0: I want to throw this out there as a uh, as Eli has decided. To, to take it a little bit personally that he was benched for that game. He's actually been a better quarterback option. And with that came the rise of Evan Ingram uh, on Reaper's team. I wasn't, I guess, maybe I was missing this guy all year, but the last couple weeks, he's been relatively solid.
1: Well, Evan Ingram's been a in top five tight end all year long, except for when he'd been hurt. That's why we've been saying Reaper's running with the Ingram brothers. Um, but Eli did did like he he does have a little personal thing going because he made Sterling Shepard look good too on Scott's bench. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you honestly, I think that Reaper probably has too good of a team to not even be evaluated in the semifinals. But luckily, he wasn't because he probably would have beat me. Oh, he would have beat me.
0: <laughs> and then one final thing I want to talk about on making America great. DeAndre Hopkins, man. Saxonville is just shutting down Houston. DeAndre's got like three catches for like 12 yards. And then next time I look up, he's catching what? Like a 65-yard touchdown pass? (laughs) He made his whole game on a single play.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, Hopkins is, even with TJ Yates just closing his eyes and chucking the ball up there against Jacksonville, man, he still finds a way to get points. If we're saying at AB84 is going to be the number one pick overall next year, where do we take DeAndre Hopkins?
0: I don't know. The thing with DeAndre Hopkins is quarterback play, but honestly, AB84, luckily he's got, he's got a history with Big Ben, so we know what we're getting into. And even when Ben's having off games, he can usually find a way to get AB the ball. Whereas Hopkins is just, he's had a history of crap quarterbacks and he's still elite. So, Is it safe to take him no matter who's the quarterback at Houston?
1: I mean, I guess as long as it's not Brock Osweiler, who's the best quarterback for Denver now. But, I mean, (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, I think if we're just talking receivers, it'd be hard to not have have him in the top three in the conversation.
0: Who's your top three? A.B., Hopkins, and who?
1: I mean, it's tough not to have O.B.J. or Julio Jones there. But, honestly, I think that Hopkins has a lot more I could trust him a lot more. Talent-wise, AJ Green man, but it I mean, I don't know if Cincinnati's going to figure it out next year either. So, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I I think it's hard not to have DeAndre Hopkins back in that conversation.
0: Man, it's just a depressing year. I don't even want to talk about fantasy football right now. All right. <laughs> next game, let's talk about 10,000 Indians versus Allen. I like my team to peak during the finals. Gerfefe
1: yeah, so um, another big game for Grifefe on the back of Case Keenum. Um, and then, good God, Todd Gurley. It's like we can't apologize enough to him. You know, he talks a lot of crap on Twitter about telling guys, step up to me, you know, for ru- talking crap about ruining his fantasy last year. Um, when he got interviewed by Deion Sanders at the beginning of the year, He was like, Yeah, everyone didn't have faith in me, but here I am, you know, like I mean, just that's just how bad Jeff Fisher was last year in his scheming. Um honestly, Todd Gurley's in the convers, I think we talked about this last week. He's in the conversation for top three picks overall. And I don't know how he's not pleading his case right now.
0: I mean, and then also on Allen's team, like Freaking Kenyon Drake! So Ajayi's down there all year. Miami backfield does nothing. No running back can get anything going. He steps out. What is it? It's like a two two person committee at least. And suddenly Kenyon Drake is an every week play who's putting up like good games. Like these are not anything to scoff at. He's been over twenty points three weeks in a row.
1: I mean, it just shows that. Um... It just shows that maybe the committee plan down in Miami wasn't good. If Ajay had been able to have this, like, bell cow, you know, role, maybe he could have been playing well all year as well. Uh, with Damian Williams hurt, Kenyon Drake has been amazing, having to take everything on his own. And he's he's a talented guy, too. You know, like, he's, there's nothing to scoff at. He's not just getting lucky in a situation. He's really good. And to think that at one point he was, like, number three on the list at Alabama just shows how good they, how good the running backs they put out. But, um, of course, he was behind Derrick Henry, who's also on this team that's on the bench, though. Um,
0: but, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, what's that? So, going into next year, what do you think are the prospects for Ajayi? Where do you think he's going to get drafted? If he oh, stays, I- let's say he stays at Philly, where do you think he's going to get drafted in the, in the fantasy draft? I don't know, man. Six round, six. Yeah, he hasn't proved himself. The only thing, though, that we know about him is maybe he's taken you know the year off to find himself, and next year he's going to come back like a monster. I mean, he's got the he's got the raw talent and he's got the physical build. So what's what is wrong? Why are we not getting the production we expect out of him?
1: There is nothing wrong with him. He's a talented guy. He's he's just like Devonta Freeman. He runs wild, throws his shoulder down, not afraid to run over people, can catch the ball, he's fast as shit, right? Um, The problem is, he's gone to a better team situation in the Eagles, and they are actually great at the committee back. And Jay has been great when he's given chances. It's just, so has everyone else. So, um, I mean, Corey Clement looks great when he gets the ball, you know? So, I don't see... I don't see the Eagles going away from this pattern, but he could be the lead back for them in the sense of where he gets 15 touches in a game. And, you know, let's say he does drop that low in drafts, like he would be an amazing pickup because he's probably worth the second or third round draft pick if he ends up having that role.
0: He's definitely, I think he's a dice roll, but I don't know. It seems like every year, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the podcast, every year, we are kind of rolling the dice. Even in the first few rounds, you never know what's going to happen in fantasy. And I mean, is he a good gamble? And I think he is. I think you're right. If he drops to three or four, then he might be worth something. Let's talk real quick about Cam Newton. So Cam, man, he's a character. And I don't know if you've seen the the tape on it yet, but there's one point where they're on like the three yard line. and the, the defense, uh, Clay Matthews, goes, wheel route, wheel route. And you can hear on the video cam go, oh, bro, you've been watching tape? Watch this. And then they do the fake wheel route and get the touchdown. And I was just, I don't know, that might be my favorite play of the week, thanks to Cam Newton.
1: That was so ridiculous. It was amazing. And he's, like, smiling the whole time while he's yelling his grunts. Like, it was it's good to see that his swag is back because that's when he's good. And that's when they're actually fun to watch. Um, unfortunately for funches, a bunches of funches, uh, it was a Christian McCaffrey led day. Um, and Greg Olson's back. So, uh, I mean, Cam's got his targets again. So Scott's probably going to roll and roll with him again next week. um, but again, it could be up and down. You know, he could go out there and tank again and be the trash man. So,
0: yeah. Um, and I think we're talking about this. I mean, there are some other nominations. So I was I was call this a nomination for right now. But uh, Scott XLR nomination. I don't think you're gonna win. But that Sterling Shepherd bench play was solid. 140 yards, a touchdown on 11 receptions.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Probably didn't wouldn't have had faith putting Sterling Shepard out there against the Eagles either. Um, definitely, if he had put him out there and won, he would have been a Fireball nominee. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the nomination for Um I think I think Golden Tate maybe uh, has to be a nominee for a Trash Ward as well. Why do you say that? Because he sucks.
0: <laughs> but was he given the opportunity? Sure, they're playing Chicago. Matty Stafford had a good game still. Well, Matty only threw the ball his way five times. He went three for five.
1: Uh, but he couldn't get open, man. I mean, Ebron got open.
0: Okay. Well, Golden Tate, uh, Trashman Award nominee. All right, let's jump into the games that matter. First up in the championship bracket, we got Always a Bridesmaid versus Asterix, just one Asterix, Asterix.
1: Space Asterix, Asterix.
0: <laughs> My apologies. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is back on IR after a total of one game.
1: Yeah, after throwing three interceptions but still getting 30 points. I mean, that's just the privilege of owning Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Um, <laughs> the obvious trash award nominees come into this game as well. Um, it's going to be Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin. Um you know that stack was something we had talked about beginning of the year of it's going to have its ebbs and flows and good god no one expected the rams to just show up and hand it to Seattle in Seattle um i mean russell did everything he could by throwing as many long balls as he could but the rams just kept it in check and yeah that that defense was just had their number in in the clink, in this like so i mean I, I don't, I don't know, man. Twelfth man couldn't show up for them.
0: We actually turned that game off because I got bored after a while. <laughs> it was depressing to watch them just beat up on the on the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty intense. Pretty awesome to see uh, the Rams just from what they were last year to this year. It's it's pretty awesome to see, and it's exciting, you know. To see these young, these new teams coming up and dominating and all of these Jeff Fisher used to be on quarterbacks just dominating everywhere. I mean, Nick Foles looked no different than Carson Wentz out there this, this past week. So um it was it's it's been cool to see. Um on the rest of his team, uh run CMC man McCaffrey had a great game. Um it's good to see him out there. I you know he got wait he dropped him in the third round. Fourth round, something like that, this this year. I think you might... It's going to be stacked in the first couple of rounds. You might even be able to get these guys a little later than we did this year. And even though they're having pretty solid rookie years.
0: Well, the thing with McCaffrey, too, is he's got that kind of scat back where... I mean, I love those running backs where they're maybe in a committee and they don't have the, the most reliable running touches... But they're always catching passes like every game. Most of his plays come from passing, passing plays.
1: Yeah. And then, um, to help nominate with the uh, Accelerator Award as well for this game, uh, Greg Olson on the bench, um, with Jack Doyle, who's still serviceable with eight points, but Greg Olson had an amazing game and looks like he's healthy, looks like he's back and, um, Looks like to be the main target that Cam's looking for again when he's throwing deep.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, Brian didn't have a chance in this game. Uh, Kareem Hunt decided to show up. I mean, just everybody it seemed like was going off on Felder's team. But I think probably one of the most heartbreaking things this week for Brian was Antonio Brown going down against New England. And honestly, it didn't look that bad of a hit. It looked like it hurt. But they've come out already and said now it's a partially torn calf muscle. It's a serious deal what happened to him in the end zone. And it's just another all-star who's going to miss time.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not saying he's out for the season. They're saying he's going to come back. He's been posting on Twitter and things like that that he'll be coming back and, you know, the Steelers aren't done. Uh, Hopefully that's all true because it's been great to watch him play. Uh, Barring injury, he always comes through. And so it's a it's a little sad, a little disappointing for Brian's team. But honestly, I don't think it was going to matter. The way that you know Fiedler's team came out there with even Marquise Lee getting hurt in the first quarter, it didn't seem to matter. Jamal Williams sucking, it didn't seem to matter. Everyone else picked up the slack. It's going to sound weird to nominate a Fireball Award for this, but I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers Fireball Award nominee because. Although he's Aaron Rodgers, just coming back from injury on a throwing shoulder and everything like that, like against Carolina, who's a good defense, um, it's still a risk to throw him out there when he had Drew Brees on the bench. So, um, for him to go out there and, and put up 31 points, I think that he definitely gave him more than he was hoping for. And, you know, he took a risk doing it.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm on board right now. Eric Felder. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers, Fireball. I mean, like you said, he's got the risk. He's got to be in his head like, who am I going to play, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? He looks at Aaron Rodgers against Carolina and decides, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. And Aaron Rodgers delivered not just the ball to Carolina defense, but he delivered to Eric.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Fireball. We look forward to your video. And uh, Kamish, co-Kamish, we're still waiting for your video as well.
0: We got, we people are way behind. And I want to throw this out there. Like, we here at GDs, when we, when we get selected for fireball or we get selected or lose uh, shotgun bets, we always deliver within about 10 days. And we just, you know, if, if you don't have fireball at home, I will accept any shot of lesser or equal to value.
1: Yeah. Or go buy a fireball.
0: It's not expensive, and we know how much everybody makes.
1: You could even buy a shooter of it if you want to. Like, you don't have to buy a giant bottle if you don't plan on losing
0: very often. I mean, I buy those shooters all the time just to drink. What else goes to drink? <laughs> <laughs> goes good in coffee, right? Yeah, it goes good in everything. That's how I get ready for flights. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> Felder, hell of a pickup on on defenses, Cleveland. Wow, they've been good all year. Oh, sorry, Baltimore, they've been good all year, but they just took Cleveland to the house over and over again. It was brutal.
1: Yeah, the the ageless Terrell Suggs, man, he's just he's carrying that 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 defense, and they're they're out with a vengeance, and they they want one more playoff run. I think they 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 can smell it, and they want it. So Dino, she, you know, you know, Joe Flacco's playing well, man
0: everybody's playing well Joe Flacco's playing well which is making Alex Collins play well the defense is on fire I mean it's just it's yeah. disgusting yeah um so you're you're up against Felder next week we thought Felder was he kind of limped into the playoffs to be honest he has not been playing that great and I feel like you know with Kareem hunt kind of showing up the last couple of weeks. I feel like he might be kind of bouncing back and being that strong player he was at the beginning of the season. Tell me, who are the two players that you're most scared of right now on Felder's team going into next week?
1: Well, before waivers run, he's got two top five running backs and a top three wide receiver. So those are probably all who I'm most scared of. Um, But then I'm going to be... What's that?
0: Probably three or four tied in as well.
1: Yeah, like the, the people I'm going to be annoyed about are like Butker, who's going to put up like 18 points, and then Baltimore defense. Like, like he's got a solid team all the way around. It'll depend on what he picks up on the waiver wire because he's going to need waiver wire, and he's got a lot of people to drop. Um, So we'll see. Um, I'm hoping he plays Mike Evans, and then he just sucks. So Felder, asterisks, if you believe in your trade, feel free to put him in. Um, but I mean, Winston's actually been playing well, so I mean, who else is, is going to be Cameron rate Mike Evans, but I just feel like it's going to be... Actually, I don't know. I take that back. Don't play him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so right, last, game, last game to go over still before we talk about next week and everything else. How about we, we go over
0: my game? More right, than uh, let's go on to GD's Game of the Week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Versus Olga's. Yeah. And it hey. came down to a nail biter. All right, Gino. I know you're dying to talk about it. Go for it, man. No, I just, I just wanted to say thank you for that
1: Dave daily bump. Um, I should have had, I mean, I had confidence as soon as you said it, but Julio Jones, um, geez, like, I don't know, man. Like, nine times out of ten, these teams play and he, and he, and Travis is in the, in the championship. But Hulu Jones did not come through for him. He just needed to touch the end zone one time, and it would have been over. Um, I guess it was karma for Michael Crabtree getting 19 points off 32 yards, but it was in the end zone twice. So um, overall, um, kind of disappointing week for my star players, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, who have been on a tear. Who uh, Keenan, hopefully he's healthy. Uh, his back's Okay. And Adam Thielen, it'll be a bounce-back game, hopefully. I mean, Cincinnati, maybe they didn't really need him because they were blowing him out. I mean, they got Teddy Bridgewater in the game, for God's sakes, at the end of the game. So um, hopefully he'll be okay. Um, But I really won this on the back of Gronk, who on that last drive had every pass thrown to him and the two-point conversion. And in true Gronk style, he totaled for 69 yards on that last drive.
0: I particularly liked in true Gronk style... How he caught the ball, looked at his defender on the ground, and laughed at him, and then spiked.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was great to see. Um, I thought the game. I thought my my week was over, my season was over, and then Gronk just started Gronking. And I mean, um, he's been paying off as that that risky number two early tight end pick. Um, luckily, he's made himself stay healthy for most of the year. You
0: know, that was one of the games that was just. Down to the wire. And you actually almost got some overtime out of Gronk. I really thought you should have. But as the post I shared uh, said, you know, you're not allowed to beat the Patriots last play of the game. And so they had to call that touchdown back. But that game, man, that was nuts.
1: Yeah. I Like we were saying, man, I don't know what a catch is. If that's not a catch, if that's not a football move, when he's diving for the – like, we're just – same with, same with, uh, Derek Carr's man. Like, at least have him be down at the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's stupid. Um, but I'm glad it didn't go to overtime for me personally because I think that would have ended badly for me with Tom Brady throwing
0: the ball in overtime. Hey, as long as he threw it to Gronk, everything would be better off for you.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But he also could have not thrown it to Gronk. So I'm willing to be happy
0: with the way it went. Hey, a win's a win, and you are playing for the coveted Kodiak.
1: Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Um, I'm glad to see that GD's is representing in both championship games. Um, we, we do like to be present. <laughs> so hopefully we could come out 2-0 from this week and, uh, you know, have a nice podcast. Yeah. All right, what else do I have to talk about this game? Um, let's see here. Do we have any
0: trash nominees? Mm. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Let's take a look. Eight targets on three receptions against Tampa Bay, who he put up 250 yards against just a few weeks ago. I think, yeah, actually, I think, uh, Travis, congratulations. That is the trash man of the week, Julio Jones. Yeah, you,
1: Julio had all the opportunity in the world to send you to the ship and he failed you. It's just pure trash. Congratulations. Trash
0: award. Trash award. And also in this game, we got, I think, the Accelerator of the week, who between the exploits of Juju, Diggs, Peyton Barmer, Los Angeles defense, and you even threw a quarterback in there, put 90 points up on his bench. Uh, Gino, I don't know how you're gonna figure out who you're gonna actually start next week, but congratulations. You are the exceller.
1: Yeah, I uh I can't disagree with you, and I also don't know who I'm gonna start next week, especially with injuries and am I really gonna trust the Godiak Championship? with Blake Bortles, I was too scared to trust him in the semis, but he got me the Xcel award, so I'll uh, I'll take that.
0: Well, your favorite player Juju, his stock has never been higher. Oh
1: man. I I got to take Alshon out though. We'll talk about that later.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at him like, no man, just take Keenan Allen out. He's trash. <laughs>
1: Yeah, can I just start no running backs except for LaShawn?
0: <laughs> no, Juno, I'm sorry. It has to be all wide receivers or 50-50 split. You're only two options.
1: <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, one thing we wanted to do before we get into the next week's championship battles was we wanted to reflect on the year and basically take it all the way back to the draft season when everyone everyone needs a reminder of you don't win at the draft and we kind of want to talk about who the best draft picks for everyone were and who their best keepers might be for next year. Um, so, you know, for instance, my draft was one of the worst drafts graded by Yahoo. And I started the season 0-3. Fought and clawed my way. I'm now in the Kodiak Championship. Um, a lot of luck has to come with that as well. But we don't win at the draft. But what we do win at is finding great keepers for the following year of the draft because those are our rules. So we wanted to kind of step through uh, each team and see who we thought their best draft pick was and who we think their keeper is going to be for next year, who their best option is. So uh Dave, who'd you want to start with?
0: Well, let's go ahead and start with you since you got it up. Uh, so I got a feeling. And like you said, yeah, you won it with the waiver wire. You also had some of your some of your lower-end plays kind of pop out. And, you know, they've turned out to be great picks. So, like, Thielen, as a great example, you have really late in the game, uh, both Thielen and Perrine. And I think Perrine's been a little more shaky all season, but Thielen is going to be a monster option for you as a keeper. Uh, Diggs, you got in the eighth round. And with Case Keenum having a great year, has had a great year and so you got some definitely some good options and you can also take Gronk in the first round
1: yeah so i just want to get one thing straight so the reaper doesn't call me out on this uh p ryan i did draft in the 12th round however i had dropped him at some point and i have since picked him up with my number one waiver wire later so i came full circle so he is not qualified as a keeper for me um I honestly going through it. I think my two best keeper options are going to be Adam Thielen in the 11th round, obviously. And then Keenan Allen. Uh, I'll get him in the third, who he's been a top five player as since for like the last eight weeks. Um, he stayed healthy. He looks good. If that offense comes back the same way it, it's been this whole time, it'd be, it'd be kind of hard to pass him up in the third round too, because he's at least going to be second or third round value. Um, I don't think Gronk in the first is where it's at, but I also will want to pick him up maybe in the second if I have the opportunity. So who knows? Um, but I think it's ceiling for me.
0: Okay. Next up, let's talk about Reaper. One of my, one of my favorite players this year. He's been also grinding it out on the waiver wire. Uh, fortunately, he's, he's out of the uh, championship at this point, but he did make playoffs, and that's more than some other people can say, uh, not to name names. But, so, you know, big disappointments for for Reaper. I mean, David Johnson, injury. Dez has not been second-round quality, even into the second-round quality all year. Uh, Cooks has actually turned out pretty solid as his third pick. Demarius Thomas, I mean, yeah, the only person that would start Demarius Thomas is Scott. So, luckily, he traded him away. Uh, Mark Ingram has been just lighting it up. Since AP left New Orleans, and then his keeper Newton is probably the last notable, uh, but he's traded him away. And I mean, moving forward, I'm thinking Reaper is almost pre-decided that he's keeping Mark Ingram. What do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely, Mark Ingram uh, got him in fifth round, so he'll be him in the fourth round. Obviously ahead of his value, provided it's, it stays the way it's at. Like that's one of those ones you got to sit and watch. Um, if he leaves. Maybe he goes to a scenario that's not as good, um, for him. And then I'd say his backup plan is Larry Fitzgerald, the GOAT in six, getting him in the fifth round. It may sound like you're basically getting the value that you're supposed to. But if you look at what he's done all year long, he's stayed healthy and he's already said he's coming back. Um, you know, I think that he would be a great wide receiver, automatic wide receiver two in the fifth round. To, you know you take a take a good uh, shot at someone that could be big and you that'd be a great pairing all right moving on to Scott what are you thinking all right for Scott I, I think maybe, maybe for these I can I can give you the couple of ones that I got in my head and then you could tell me if you think any of are better okay uh, so for Scott I went I went through looking at his um, really the only really the only good option in in my opinion for Scott is gonna be Jarvis Landry in the ninth round. Um, Landry is always kind of under the under the radar when it comes to the draft. And people don't realize, and myself included, just how consistent he is and how consistent he has been for all four years he's been in the league. Um picking him up in the eighth round, uh automatic wide receiver two in the eighth round, I mean, that's that's tough to beat. Um, he's really gotten no other great options because DeMarco Murray in the third isn't going to be returning great value. So
0: I agree. And, I mean, Scott's got a lot of turnover on his team. And so he's really limited. Uh, I think Murray and Tate and then Landry are his only three options, maybe?
1: Hunter Henry, I think, maybe two. But, I mean, tight end in the seventh. If it's not Gronk or something like that, Just
0: wait. Whoa, Hunter Henry's on IR. When did that happen?
1: Oh, it happened today.
0: Small kidney laceration. Oh, God. Yeah, pick up Antonio Gates. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) going to be a big one. All right, next up, let's talk about uh, Always a Bridesmaid. I think it's next on the list. Um, so for Brian's team,
1: um, he actually had a great draft. Got a lot of good options out there. Um, but I think that Fournette in the third round, so he'll get him in the second, is pretty huge because he'll be at least a top seven pick in the first round, probably, consensus-wise. Or maybe Doug Baldwin in the sixth, you can get him in the fifth. Um, that would be a pretty good return as well. Other than that, I don't think the options are that great um, as far as returning value. I really think it's Fournette in the, in the third. He'll you'll, you'll get him in the second round, no question.
0: I, I agree with both of those. I do have one kind of shadow pick, though, for you. He might consider Jack Doyle. Uh, obviously, there's a quarterback play situation. He hasn't had the monster year that we were hoping for coming off of what happened last year. But the value of getting a player where, oh man, you could almost make Jack Doyle uh, a fantasy starter for you. And sure, he's not an all-star, but you're getting a starter in the 14th round. Somebody that you can count on every week. And conversely, you're turning that tight end spot, which would be probably in the first five rounds, trying to get a decent tight end. And you can double down and try to take a few more gambles on wide receivers or quarterbacks or running backs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not a terrible option. I don't know if I trust him every game in and game out, though. Um, We can talk at like future episodes when we're just kind of giving some random advice over the offseason. My personal opinion is I wait on tight ends late because if you don't have Gronk or used to be Jordan Reed. Or Greg Olson, or something like that, you know, like you might as well just wait till the end because you could play the streaming game because there's only one position to have. Um, I personally wouldn't keep Jack Doyle if I were Brian. I would keep Fournette in the second round. But if Brian wants to do that, that'd be awesome because then the a fair game.
0: <laughs> All right, next up, Eric.
1: All right, next up, we got. Uh,
0: Asterix, just one, asterix, space, asterix. So to be Um, clear right now, before we get into this, Julius Thomas, or not Julius, Michael Thomas is not an eligible keeper for Eric. He should never have been on Eric's team. He is 100% not eligible.
1: Absolutely. 100% not eligible. We will not let him do it. He'll be back in the game. We'll draft him in the second round. It'll be sweet. Um... So for Eric, it's really going to be a matter of, does he want to do kind of what I did with Shady this year and take Todd Gurley in the first round automatically? Um I think he probably should. Um, but he could take Kareem Hunt in the second. Um I think that's more risk, but um, it depends on what kind of value he thinks he has. Or maybe he thinks he can get Kareem Hunt in the second and Todd Gurley in the first. Um, so I don't know. But those would be my two picks for him. Ironically, I do have a tight end on his team as a possible late round pick in Zach Ertz because I do think he could be one of those top tier tight ends that you would want to get through the top five rounds. And to get him in the 12th round would be kind of have that set for you and you don't have to worry about it.
0: Well, I mean, the only question with Ertz has ever been is injury. I mean, he's easily I mean, look at his stat line. For the first eight weeks of the season, he was in double digits. Then he was out game. and then he's been kind of hit and miss since then. But you no, know, Ertz is Ertz is a top five, probably tied in, and Eric can get him where
1: thirteenth round,
0: thirteenth round. That's or twelfth round. He drafted yeah. him thirteenth. So no, I think I think Ertz is his highest value proposition just because when you get down to the 12th round i mean people are taking defenses that uh, just you're taking gambles down there so why not take the sure thing and then kind of roll your dice in the first couple rounds and just get who you get
1: yeah for sure especially you know if jordan reed ends up falling out of this, this i mean who knows what's going to happen with him Ertz is going to kind of i mean he could be a top 3 tight end you know when when, when push comes to shove and you look at it so um I think it's a great choice, but he might want to he might want to take one of those stars early and just have them guaranteed. That's that would be the only other option. Yep. Yeah. Alright, Travis. Alright, uh Travis's team, Olga's sweaty clam. Um I have Joe Mixon in the fourth. So I'm a little torn on this if I'm Travis because he would get him in the third round. Which he might be able to get him in the third round, anyways. But I do think that he is gonna have the opportunity to be a top ten back next year. The talent uh and the volume should be there for him. And um honestly, I think he's he's been a little under the radar this year, and how good he actually is. The only other option I see that I would take of our Travis probably would be Tom Brady. Cause you're still, I don't know how we let Tom go all the way to the eighth because he's normally like a fourth round pick, right? Was it, was he suspended or something? This I can't remember now.
0: Tom Brady's a keeper is why Travis got such a deal on him. Oh, and we would have let it go to the ninth round before because he
1: had the four, three game suspension or whatever, but that's still ridiculous. Like, yeah. Oh man.
0: Man, Travis's Travis's long term quarterback planning is really paying off. I mean, he's in the third round, or third place game, but next year he's got another solid keeper and Tom Brady in the seventh round.
1: Yeah, basically, he shouldn't even worry about holding on to keepers because he's got Tom Brady for the next couple of years at least. So,
0: yeah, at least until the, right. the fifth round, and then maybe he can consider somebody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if he if he, Whatever. Travis is done. He's keeping Brady.
0: We need to keep moving. Gerfefe.
1: Gerfefe, yeah. I would say he's got one choice, and it's Derrick Henry.
0: (laughs) Derrick Henry was his keeper last year.
1: (laughs) Well, he's got Derrick Henry in the seventh, so maybe he can you know find a way to be on the field more.
0: I, I think, I mean, what we've been seeing is all year, Derrick Henry has been fighting DeMarco Murray for those carries in a pretty even timeshare and Derrick Henry's on the way in, DeMarco's on the way out.
1: Yeah, in all seriousness, Carlos Hyde in the second is not a terrible value, but he could probably still draft him there. So, Derrick Henry, probably his keeper. We can move on from that.
0: <laughs> I, I don't like Carlos Hyde, so, yeah. Anyways, we already talked about you. Let's go. So, Ryan's not going to have a keeper option since he's leaving us. Let's go Brandon.
1: Brandon has probably my favorite keeper option. And I don't even want to bring it up in case he's just not thinking about it, but how could he not be? New Copkins. He'll get him in the second round. He's probably a top five pick. I don't know how you get away from that.
0: Here's how you do it. And you may not like this this plan, but Isaiah Crowell in the 10th is an RB2. And... We've seen he's finishing the season strong. Cleveland is, I mean, Josh Gordon's back. The the quarterback, Kaiser, is getting a little bit better. The running game is going to start to have openings. And I think maybe this season didn't prove a 10th round pick was worth it, but I kind of think it is worth it. Isaiah Corral, uh, I think he's only going to get better. And Nuke in the second is great, but Corral in the 10th is a solid, solid pick.
1: That's true. I mean, that is great value in return, and I hope he does it.
0: (laughs) All right. Finally, one last person, and that's me. Uh, I did not plan a keeper at all. Uh, I'm not sure I'm actually going to keep anybody.
1: Well, I'll tell you who your best option is. You're Who not going to like it. Your best option is Marcus Mariota. And hoping for a bounce-back season and being a top-ten quarterback like he should be and getting him in the sixth round wouldn't be terrible.
0: Well, let's see. Eligible people on my team, Mariota, Jay Ajayi, and that's the end of that list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Ajayi in the first, you probably don't need to waste that pick on.
0: Well, you never know. I could be feeling frisky. Uh, yeah. No, I was, I was trying real hard to, to manage my keepers and Cook was, was my solid management. But when Nick and I made that trade, Reaper and I made that trade earlier for Dez for Cook, essentially. I mean, there's some other trash that we traded around too, but I thought I had an opportunity there to do well this season because I thought Dez was going to bounce back. But Dez never did bounce back. Uh, and I lost my keeper option. And then the only other person I was considering was Jeffrey. And I forget what I traded you for, but I'm just bad at managing my keepers because I like, I feel like if I'm moving players around, I'm working hard and I'm getting busy and I'm, I'm getting at it.
1: You know, um, I think you dropped him and then picked him back up, but Corey Davis would have been a good one to actually keep around Corey Davis or Corey Coleman, either Corey, if you were looking for the long term. Um and it's too bad Jamal Williams didn't come on the scene quicker because he could have that would have been great if you had just kept him the whole time. Yeah.
0: And then Chris I it's standard
1: for actually, Dave to have a you know RB two, fringe RB one type guy drafted in the fourteenth
0: round that he dropped. <laughs> Thanks, you know. <Gino>. Uh <laughs> I would like to throw this out there as a possible rules abbreviation for next year. I think we should consider, on top of our keeper rules, anybody on your team that you have at the end of the season, you can take as your first-round pick.
1: That you didn't draft in the first round.
0: Well, it, it it just trumps everything. If you finish the season with anybody, yeah, that you didn't draft in the first round, finish the season with anybody you like, could it be a waiver wire pickup, could be anything, uh, you should be able to take a first-round pick and my thought process behind it is somehow you got them on your team. It doesn't matter how, and if you're willing to sacrifice a first round pick, uh, I don't think that's going to be that's going to be unfair to anybody in the league.
1: Yeah, I don't see that as this crazy idea because most keeper leagues, they you know they let you keep whoever's on your team at the end of the year. That's why everyone like scrounges in those leagues and throw people on their team. Um, I will say the one, the one thing that that I find unique to this league that no other league does that I've come across really is the fact that we only have one keeper because most people have two or three and our only, and our one keeper is like with our rules that you've had to have them since the get go all year long and you give up a a round for them. It's kind of awesome. And if we start doing the first round thing, then. The first round excitement starts to go away.
0: Um, but... I just think people would take advantage of it very often. I think it'd be like an edge case, and I think it would just make the keeper rule a little more robust and fun for people like me who don't manage their keepers well.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm willing to put out a, a vote for it. I was just playing like, you know, the other side of why maybe people may not like it.
0: All right. Well, that's the quick draft recap. Uh, Gino we got to hurry this up, so let's go ahead and look at next week. Game of the week, uh, it's your choice. I think there's only one true option, but I'll let you choose. Who do you think the game of the week is next week?
1: Um, you know, I hate when I have to pick myself. But since it's the Kodiak Championship, it's the first place. Ironically, we have the one versus the two seed. Like That never happens either. It's going to be... The Kodiak championship, followed closely by the Zako.
0: All right. And I get to choose who I think is going to win it. And, you know, I love you, buddy, but I'm taking Felder, and I'm going to win either way with this pick. Either my homeboy, the other half of GDs, takes the championship, or I get to see you do a shotgun finally. So I'm taking Eric Felder. Eric, congratulations. Dave Daly, bump. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, even before he's rearranged his entire lineup that he's probably has to do, he's still got the edge right now, according to the projections. The only thing I got going for me is that Dave Daly bump. So I really appreciate that. Felder, better luck next year.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> With that, uh, we were going to talk about waiver wire a little bit. There is no reason other than keeper management now to not pick up whoever you can hit that waiver wire hard. If you got a game left. And try to squeak out that little bit of extra pride. Uh, and with that, we love you guys. Take care. Have a great week. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Intro music is Happy Whistle by Scott Holmes. Hold on one second, you know. Bad kitty. come oh, here. You know you're not allowed to do that.
1: Dave, it's a cat. They don't listen. I know. So they don't know. That's why you should have a dog, Dave.
0: <sighs> don't even, man. Obviously, I think we should put the cats down right now and go get a dog, but uh, that's not appropriate, apparently. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> um, like it's not a funny joke, and I respond with "It's not a joke," and apparently that's also not a funny joke.
1: <laughs> but again, it's not a joke, so it's just a cyclical thing.
0: Yeah, it's really confusing as a guy. <laughs> <laughs>